Well, hello, Melissa. How are you today? Oh, hi, Susan. Welcome. A little bit, you know, we have our little issues of technical difficulties. <laughs> yes, we, we do. We are going to, you know, amateur work here uh, on our way to semi-professional. On our way to great things. Yes. Always. For those of you who are joining us, welcome to You Had Me at Martini. I'm Susan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa, and uh, we're just two boomers chatting. So if you want to join us and hear about cooking hacks, which is the topic today, then grab a drink and uh, pull up a chair. I'm thinking today is not just hacks, but like easy. I'm calling yes. It. Well, yes. I had a friend who said, right. could you do an episode on cooking for idiots? And I don't like to call it that because these are some of my recipes and that would be like, oh, you're an idiot, which, you know. On some days I am. Yeah. But before we get into that, let's just have a little brief conversation about the Oprah Winfrey uh, um, interview with saucy. Megan and Harry. It was sauce. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Do you well, hear- I mean, I, I'm <laughs> curious what your your takeaways were, what, what was said that you were like, huh, or oh my God, or eh. <laughs> Well, there's a lot there. So here it is. I was never... Um, I lost a little bit of my, like, like the allure of the royal stuff when Diana died years ago, right? I just decided, eh, it's okay. And I, I just, I, lo- of course, love the wedding and who doesn't want to watch that? And there's all the, you know, princess fairy tale behind the romance of it. But I got to say, this one I was interested in, but I was also very meh about, eh, okay, she's, a tr- she's beautiful. I thought it was very interesting that her race was like not an issue there. Look, she, he's getting married to her and they're having a big wedding and it's no big deal. And then come to find out. Yeah. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway. I was going into it just out of curiosity sake. Oh, I'm just curious. It's not like I had to watch it to see what happened because the whole split and how it occurred, I wasn't all that interested. And I got to say, I was just kind of like, oh, that happened. Okay, that's too bad. That's a shame. But I wasn't invested in it like I was with all the Diana See, stuff. It's funny you say that's a shame because my reaction to it was like, oh, Diana would love this. Yeah. A divorced half black girl yeah. who has got a mind of her own who's like, screw you, we're going to America. I mean, I was just like, you go, girl. Yeah, she, she would be saying that. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But and I, I think she'd be thrilled that her son was like, I'm going to stand by my wife and protect my family. Absolutely. Especially after what she had been through and especially it impacted her and her family. It, this was a great, that was a great thing. What he's done is fantastic. But again, just the two of them, Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, okay, but I was surprised. That was surprising to me. The The racism. Yeah. I was very surprised by like when, when they were talking about the fact that when she was pregnant, they were going to change the rules and that their child would not have a title or security. And I was like, okay. Um, Again, I kind of agreed with Megan. Like she wasn't about the title, but she was about protecting her kid. And it's like, you're this unborn child and you're already stripping of its protections and all the other, you know, grandchildren and whatnot had it. It was kind of astounding that like, she even hung in there after that, honestly. Well, and, so, and they set the rules. They have their own rules. They don't have right. to, they don't have to get approval from anybody no. else. So it, it just is further confirmation that the institution, as she was talking about, is really not, it is an institution that yeah. we don't know who's running the institution. It certainly isn't the queen. Because if Harry's right and they were having their talks and he's talked to his grandmother more than ever, mm-hmm. would think that the queen could change the rules. Right. Oh, well, but right. clearly she's not 
doing it. The institution is bigger and, you know, one of those unknown things, right? Like, yeah, that, it was very surprising. So, well, I, I got to say, like, I don't even get how if you live over there, you're into this whole thing. Like, I don't either. You know, having watched The Crown, which I know isn't like actually like, you know, real news or whatever but I think it gives you an idea of how it all works it's and not. you know learning that like she meets with the prime minister and stuff but like she doesn't make any of the decisions and that all of that is completely separate I'm like okay the taxpayers over there are paying for you to live in these palaces castles what have you and go hunting and do all this and yes you go and you shake hands and you cut ribbons whatever but like the amount of money that goes to sustaining their lifestyle I'm like I'd be like yeah let's get rid of that well, don't forget, too, that the queen, the, the palace, the royals, whatever you want to call it, do have a pretty substantial chunk of their own money. I don't well, know. Then go live off of that and not the taxpayers. Yeah, I don't understand where the taxpayer money comes in, whether it's upkeep of their life, upkeep of the properties, because they have many properties, right? Is it yeah. upkeep of that? Is it upkeep of the, you know, the, the beef eaters and their uniforms? It could be all of that stuff. So, yeah. you know, to, I get, I'm sure there's more to it. But um, again, I was just kind of surprised at the whole thing. So I thought it was interesting. I thought it was very well done. I think she's super poised. She's super confident. She's, you know, very confident in her decisions. I thought he was too. I, I thought she handled it well the way she would pause. Yeah. It wasn't like pregnant pause, but she chose her words very carefully so that you couldn't come after her. Like she right. never really trashed when she did talk about Kate, but only because she had to, it's like, listen, Kate could have come out and just said, she didn't make me cry. She didn't even have to say, you know, I made her cry. She could just, right. you know, and so she was just coming out saying, look, these are the things that happened to me and no one ever stepped up. But then she never would name names of anybody else or called out. And I thought like that was yep. good. And I've been interested to see that there hasn't been much in the media about it. I don't know about over in London, but over here, there hasn't been a whole lot of hoopla after that. I think today and just recently, and I did not read it, so we're a little behind that times. I think the palace just came out with some kind of statements on it. So, oh really? Uh, well, yeah, I'll have but to go go do long. a little dive on that when we finish yeah. up here. It's taken them that long. So, and, and I feel bad for Harry. You know, the guy really has no. There's nothing he was getting other than his title, right? Because right. I think, well, you know, after Charles is king, when he dies, William is it, and then William's son. So, pretty, right. so it was just like another prince and title and doing good for, you know, the Commonwealth. And they had no, why, why take all that away? It just made no sense to me. He wasn't going to be the ruler of the country or get something extra out of it. He just was going to keep going along, I think, as he was going along. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't, not a British history historian, but I just You're felt, not. Oh, I'm here. I yeah. thought you were. I just thought that was yeah. kind of a sad story generally. So yeah, but you know what? I have a feeling they'll probably do a lot more now that they're free to do it and that they're going to raise kids who are going to be a lot more um, open-minded yeah. and compassionate because, you know, William and Kate's kids are just going to be like little mini William and Kate's from all you can see. I mean, I don't think I've literally ever heard Kate speak. No, 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 no. Very rarely. We don't see that. They, I'm sure she does stuff because she does do philanthropic. I think that's part of what her role is. But you're right. We don't get big speeches that she gives. It, yeah, I don't little... get a sense like like I sent you that link to that speech that Megan gave at the the UN. The UN, thank you. 5 years ago and I mean, you know, she was all about women and all this stuff. Yeah. I don't get the sense that Kate has that in her. She just seems no. more traditional, 
which oh I, and I feel like her kids, you know, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the world keeps changing and evolving and that, that, that institution, so to speak, changes and evolves. And maybe this is the kick in the pants that gets them to, I don't know, but yeah, it was interesting. It was, um, what I thought was funny is I had sent you that YouTube link to the four British Royal, um, reporters who agreed to, um, pre-interview yeah pre-interview and pretend they had seen it and you know when they're talking about oh you know the heartbreak in his eyes and the the, oh her love of animals and yes they they showed her some chickens and stuff but they made it sound like all of these things happened on the interview that didn't which I thought was very humorous because it just made them look like even bigger asses yeah 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 so for those of you who don't know I'm talking about if you it was on YouTube and you can google I don't know exactly what it's called but like um, royal commentators uh, comment on uh, Megan and Harry's interview without seeing it. And I'm sure you will find it because these guys set up a fake company and got these these four royal commentators to come on and agree to do this and pretend they had seen it and then speak their mind. And it was really eye-opening in the sense that it showed you what Megan's up against because they weren't nice. No, not at all. And they never saw it. I mean, ultimately, yeah. never saw it. So they were pr- like, maybe they had clips of it. That were being, you know, reviewed no, by- they said that they had not seen it, but they were going, they said they were basing it on um, just their knowledge of them uh, in general. Okay, that's, yeah, that was. So um, they're like, oh, you know, we know how, like, it was basically like, we know how it's going to be. So, like, we're good. Uh huh. Yeah, that's bullshit then, because it was not, <laughs> seriously, I mean, it was not anything like no, that. No. That was- so that was entertaining. So, yeah. that being said, yeah that's that's good let's move on and the way this is gonna work is um someday soon hopefully melissa and i will have an instagram and we will put these recipes on there but in the meantime if anyone wants them we have an email you had me at martini at gmail.com and if you email us we will send them to you so um you start i'll start i mean i've got very minimal on appetizers and Melissa will take over on that one. I'm more the main dish and salad gal. So first of all, I'm not a fancy appetizer kind of person. I, my, uh, kind of attitude towards entertaining is that people like to be invited and they don't really care that much what you serve them. They're just glad to be there because that's how I feel when I was somewhere. I'm not like looking at the spread going, Oh, pigs in a blanket. Isn't that like 1980s or whatever? I'm just like, Oh, food. But ultimately, ultimately we must admit it's really about the booze. Who cares about the food? It's about the booze. Well, that's true. Okay. That being right. said, I am a big Trader Joe's fan. And Trader Joe's has a bunch of dips that are delicious. They've got an artichoke and jalapeno ones. It's great with their little pita crackers. They have pre-cut cheeses in the cheese section that are like about, I don't know, two to three inches long, These each little piece. And so what I do is I take those and cut them in half. So they're more like cracker size and put those on a platter with crackers. Um throw some green or red grapes on there. You can do the block of brie and put the pepper jelly on top. That's always, people always like that. Um, they've got, uh, what's another, They're, they've got a Mediterranean hummus that's very good. And they have in the freezer section, um, these samosas. I buy the vegetable ones. And every time I serve them, people are like, oh my God, these are amazing. And I have to then admit that they came out of a box and took 14 to 15 minutes to cook in my oven. So those are all my little Trader Joe's things that I get. But one appetizer that I did learn to make, which was really, you know, a hard one, is you cut cucumber in little slices. You put rondelet or boursin. They're like the same cheese. It's the cream cheese with garlic and herbs. 
spread a little bit of that on top and you put a little bit of dill on top of that, put them on a platter. Boom. They're actually really yummy and um, super easy. And that's all I have for appetizers. <laughs> so there you hey, go. Well, those are good suggestions because who doesn't love Trader Joe's, right? You can find pretty much everything there. So I love Trader Joe's and I don't, and I, and as you know, and um, our listeners don't know, you are my provider of Trader Joe's finds, right? I, I actually, I have so many friends who make me take pictures and tell me, yeah. tell me what to buy. Oh, I do have one other thing I forgot. This takes a little work, but it's super easy. You cut up red pepper and put it, you know, in the oven, roast it, take it out, let it cool, put it in a blender. I use my shake maker personally. And then you add feta cheese and olive oil and you mix to whatever consistency and taste you like. And it's a great dip. It's also good, like, on, like as a spread on sandwiches. If you do like, I like to make veggie sandwiches, but we make that and put that out with like veggies and also like pita, little slices and stuff. And it's really good. Yeah, see, I've, I've made that because I've done it because you it's great. So I've had it and it's super easy. So I have like a couple. Okay. If, not that I'm not the appetizer gal because I could probably live on appetizers, but for easy ones, right? Because there are some that take a little bit more time. I take hummus, regular old hummus, plain usually, plop it on a plate, spread it around, around usually around. So you don't want it super thin, but kind of, you know, in the middle, but thinned out a little bit. And then you just put feta cheese on top and you can put chopped kalmata olives on top um you can put some tomato some people like jardinara on top I've what's what's it. jardinara like that it, it's chopped it's usually spice it's got a little spice to it a little zing to it i guess is a way to say it i don't like it so it's I don't, a, but it, I, i'm still confused is it a spice it a yeah no you buy it in a jar and it's like um marinated um vegetable like pepper oh, like a marinated okay. pepper that's kind of got a sweetness to it sometimes it's hot so it's got a hot Hmm. part to it but it gives a little zing to it so some people like that I just use the hummus the feta and the kalmata olives sometimes a little tomato for color on top and then you can serve it with pita slices or pita chips or cucumber slices like big round cucumber mm -hmm. slices just dip it in that so that's really easy and usually a hit for some reason you know, if you, people like hummus it's usually pretty easy and then of course the brie that you just take and you keep the whole thing intact a big wheel of it and you slice it in half um so you have two a top and a bottom of it okay so you so it's still circular but it's like a sandwich yeah you slice yes you slice it that way and then you can put chopped apples in it in between or you can do like a cranberry sometimes just like a cranberry sauce ish or if there's cranberries and then you um put the top back on and put that in the oven and bake it can sprinkle some chopped pecans or chopped walnuts hmm. on towards the end and bake that and then drizzle it with honey and serve that with crackers or pieces of bread. And how long do you bake that for? Like, how do you yeah, know it's done? Yeah, when it gets bubbly, you know, you don't want it to be super mushy, but a little bit mushy. So you just have to watch your oven, but that's an easy one. Mm -hmm. Those are good, simple ones. So besides the cheese and crackers, I, you know, the charcuterie tray that I'm pretty good at. Oh, you you are good at that. You made that one yeah. at my house. Perfect. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. But that's, you know, those are those are my two apps. So Oh, I would say another Trader Joe's thing, speaking of the charcuterie tray back in the beginning of COVID, I was making those all the time as a dinner thing for Scott and I. Um, they have uh mixed nuts that are olive and herb mixed nuts. Oh super yes. yummy. And again, you just put that out like with the charcuterie, I would buy like little cheeses and put them in nuts. I put some dried fruit, I'd put some crackers or little slices of bread. 
but I would do that as kind of a meal. And, and then, you know, what we like to call in my family, a Joan pour of wine, which means instead yeah. of doing the restaurant, little five ounce or whatever it is, you just pour it to the top. It's like, who are we kidding? As opposed to going back three times, just do it. Exactly. And then everything tastes good. (laughs) (laughs) Then it doesn't matter. So then we don't have to talk about salad. We don't have to talk. (laughs) No, because we're done. There you go. No, salads, actually, I like to make them always when people are saying, oh, you know, I say, what can I bring? And, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I'll bring a salad because I find salads so easy to make. You know, especially nowadays, you can buy the mixed greens. So if you don't want to chop up romaine or do whatever, you buy a bag of mixed greens. And then I have this sort of... um. Uh, I don't know what you call it, recipe to where it's a nut, a fruit, a cheese. So for example, I might put in pistachios, blueberries, and goat cheese, or almond slivers, green apple, and strawberries. But, you know, I do, you know, just different like that. And then I get usually a balsamic dressing for it. And what, what, I like to do is I like to toss the lettuce with the dressing first and then put all the toppings on because otherwise it all gets buried at the bottom. And then sometimes the people don't get everything. They just get kind of (laughs) lettuce. So the cheeses I usually use are either goat, feta, or shaved Parmesan. The nuts are usually almond slivers or pistachios, sometimes pecans or walnuts, but more often than not, the first two. And then either apples or some kind of berry, obviously not bananas or anything like that. Um, Another really good one is cut up romaine. And then you take cherry tomatoes and you cut them and you get sun-dried tomatoes in the jar, the marinated sun-dried tomatoes, cut those up. Um, you get the jar of sliced pepperoncinis, usually found near the pickles. They're already sliced up and then crumbled feta and you use olive oil, olive oil and balsamic vinegar. And that's got, that's, that's a nice, it's, it's like Italian. Hmm. It's like an Italian. Yeah, it's good. And then, um, another one that I do is you get a can of white beans, cherry tomatoes cut up, the little mini mozzarella balls. And avocado, and you just toss all that together, and you just drizzle some olive oil and sea salt on it, and people love it. That's a variation of the only the one salad that I had because um, we do it all, all the time. But it's a great summer because you use tomato and basil, which tend oh. to grow in plethora here in the Midwest. Um, so you use tomato of any kind, or you can use cherry tomatoes um, and the small mozzarella balls, or bigger slices that you put in chunks. Mm-hmm. With avocado or cucumber too because cucumber mm. people grow so you just do that and literally some um sl- you know pieces or sh- little shaves of the um basil because that's mm-hmm. like tomato basil mozzarella you know bruschetta, mm-hmm. um and that's it and you just mix that in a big salad and you can bury that right so do you I put could, olive oil on it or how do you dress it i do i put a little bit of olive oil on it but mm-hmm. Mostly it's just, you know, it's really good by itself because the juice is from the tomatoes and a little bit of the mozzarella and the cucumber. If you just put salt and pepper, Mm -hmm. you can be good to go. So you could add the white beans to that. It's the same thing. Or take out the avocado, put in something else. You know, it's it's versatile. But that's the one that I had that is pretty common out here, this part of the country. Oh, yeah, (laughs) the Midwest where I started. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Here's where you, here's Here's where, where, here's where I excel. Let's start with the fact that um, there are some people, I believe, who are people who like to cook, prepare meals, cook, and there are people who bake, I believe, right? Yes. Some 
times you run across the person who's the perfect at everything. They love baking, they love cooking, they can do it all. Um, but some people mostly have kind of a preference. I am a baking person. Yes, um, and I, I think baking is way too messy. I hate <laughs> yeah. this. And I also then would eat everything I made. I have no See, willpower. So right there. I don't eat it, which is shocking and can be a detriment because if you ever bring something to a party or bring something to work like I used to and people are like, oh, you're not having any? (laughs) What's wrong with it? That's slightly suspicious. Yes. However, I think you just overcome that by no, it's really, so it's really good. Just try it. Um, But I am definitely a baker. So I'm the person who doesn't get asked to bring the salad or the anything to any family event that I host or party, everyone's like, yeah, Melissa, you bring the dessert. I'm like, okay. And no one ever asked me to bring dessert. Yeah. You talk about your thing and I'll talk about mine. Okay. So here's one that I make all the time, like for other people. And they're always amazed to the point where when my girlfriend was out visiting here, I had made, they drove out and it was a thousand miles. So I, they were renting a house. And so I went over and left them dinner. And the next day they were like, oh my God, how did you do that? And I actually went out and bought the three things to do it. I bought a mini crock pot for ten ninety nine at Target, two chicken breasts and a big jar of picante sauce, paste picante sauce. Yeah. You put your chicken breasts in the crock pot, you pour the picante sauce over it, you turn it on. You let it cook all day. When it's done, you take the chicken out you shred it with a fork two forks you throw it into a tupperware you take a little bit of salsa mix it all in and then you can serve that in a variety of ways what I typically do is I put out lettuce cut up tomatoes a bag of shredded cheese a jar of salsa a thing of sour cream some guacamole which you can buy pre-made I mean these are all things you can do pre-made tortillas chips and you can basically make a burrito bowl, a burrito, a taco salad. Like there's, you know, it lends itself a quesadilla. Nachos, yeah. Yeah, anything. And it's just, I mean, the main thing is just this marinated chicken that people think is amazing. It's like, yeah, I just cooked it in salsa. (laughs) But you can take that same concept and you could take chicken, cut it in chunks, put it in there, put the general sow, you know, Asian dress, um, sorry, sauce, cook that and then by Trader Joe's or anywhere, I guess you get the bags now pre-bagged rice that you can microwave. Yes. And you basically then just put it on top of like rice. You've got a meal. I used to make stew where I would take frozen stew meat, throw it in my crock pot. I would get a can or depending on the size of the crock pot, two cans of Progresso French onion soup, throw it in. I would cut up potatoes and carrots, cook it all day. At the end of the day, about an hour before dinner, I throw in two tablespoons of flour and whisk it. And it looks lumpy. You can't get it unlumpy, but you leave it there. It dissipates and it's thick. Makes it just like much more gravy-like as opposed to watery. Throw that over egg noodles or rice. You're so done. Stew, like a beef stew? Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. That one I've never Pulled done. pork or pulled chicken. You throw it in the crock pot and you um, pour a big thing of barbecue sauce over it. Cook it. Shred it you know, put it in a container and add a little more of the sauce. And then you can serve that either on a toasted bun with a side of coleslaw where you could buy the pre-shredded stuff in the coleslaw dressing and make it. Or another way is to serve it on the side um, and make the Trader Joe's cornbread, which every time I brought to somebody, you know, they were like, oh my God, your cornbread is amazing. And I had to be like, yeah, it came out of a box. I mixed it and baked it, but it's amazing. People love it. We're probably aging ourselves here with these crackpot recipes because somehow I think they 
they're still around and people still use them. But I think the air fryer is the newest, like, well, I don't know how to do any of this in the air fryer people. So get a crock pot. But I Um, I don't don't (laughs) think you can use the air fryer. I, think I don't air- think you can use the air fryer for what I'm talking about. No. But, but also, yeah. if you don't have a crock pot, I mean, essentially, you could probably do all the same things in a pot. Probably. I just think you want to check on it more. Yeah. You might have to stir it a little more. I'm, I'm just not sure because the heat element is different when crock pot is that consistent heat. Yeah. Um, now, again, going back to Trader Joe's, here's another hack. Uh, in the freezer section, they have um, polenta. You buy that, you microwave it, make it, and then you either take grilled fish or grilled shrimp and you put it on top. And like, it looks like, ooh, they went to so much trouble, but like you didn't. And then they also have this balsamic glaze (laughs) that you can squeeze on. So you put it on top of like your grilled whatever and you drizzle it like you're in a restaurant. People are like, oh my God, but like it came out of a bottle that you squeezed it. So that's another good one. Yeah. And this is the most complicated recipe I'm going to give you right now. And once you do it once, it's so easy and it actually is delicious. It's an Ina Gardner. Um, it's a roasted uh, red pepper chipotle aioli. So right there, it sounds super impressive, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a can of chipotle peppers in adobe sauce, which you can find in the um, uh, Mexican food aisle, right? And then you get a jar of roasted red peppers, which I think I found them today near the pickles and stuff, but you know, they're there. You need mayo, you need lime juice, and you need uh, garlic. Now I buy the tubes of crushed garlic already crushed in the, the in the um, like produce, produce section. Yeah, the best. So you take your gar- two, ta- two teaspoons of garlic and you open the chipotle can and you take one tablespoon of chipotle pepper, okay, which is basically one pepper out of the can, and you cut them up together. Then you take a quarter of a cup of roasted red peppers from the jar, and you take a cup of mayo, and you take the juice of half a lime. Throw it all in your mixer. You mix it. Throw in salt and pepper to taste. You're done. So what I'm going to do with that when I have people over for dinner tomorrow night is I'm grilling salmon and shrimp. I'm going to put that on a platter. Everyone's going to get a little individual thing of this sauce to drizzle on. And then I'm going to cut up potatoes with um, rosemary, bake them, put them on the side. I'm going to buy the Mediterranean pre-made salad at Trader Joe's and put that in a bowl like I made it and then put out some bread. And yeah. this sauce was really the only work that I did besides, I guess, cutting up the potatoes. Right. But right. you have a good meal and, yeah, you know. And yeah, it, I'm all about that. I'm all about the easy, for sure. And yeah. um, you can also put that, like, put the, um, if you did the fish or whatever, shrimp, you could put it over rice or roasted veggies and then drizzle that sauce on it. You don't have to serve it with a side of potatoes. Like you could just put it literally on top. And Trader Joe's, by the way, as of yesterday, I found out now sells roasted veggies in a contain- in containers in the refrigerator section. So I don't even have to roast them anymore if I don't want to. Oh my gosh. They're, they're like already pre-made in a plastic Tupperware or something? They're like, yeah, they're in like a seal, like a vacuum sealed thing. And oh, yeah, oh. in the in the refrigerated section by the salads and they had cauliflower broccoli and green beans so last night I threw them all in a pan to warm them and then I made black rice and put the veggies on top and I made some tofu put put it on top and drizzled their spicy peanut butter vinaigrette on and it was a meal 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I like it. I like the simplicity of that. That I could ha probably handle all that stuff for sure. Anything that's easy. So, yeah, that's pretty much it because the black rice thing I just told you, that's a meal that I make all the time. I'm basically, I'm just roasting whatever vegetables I like. I usually throw in sweet potato, broccoli, cauliflower, um, onion, mushrooms. Yeah. I like to, tofu, like cooked. And then I drizzle it with this big spicy Asian dressing that they have there, which is so good. It's in the refrigerated section though. And then I usually add some avocado on top and we have that at probably once a week as a meal. Yeah. I mean, it's once you find something that works, you just kind of, yeah. And you can it. vary it. Like you can buy different sauces, you can mix up the vegetables, but like, you know, you can throw in chicken or shrimp or anything in that, you know? Yeah. I like that. Those are good ideas. Excellent. So, there you go. That's all I got for you. Well, I got nothing. No, I could. <laughs> I could contribute one thing that I do, that I do make. And I actually just had it last night. Um, I don't remember where I saw it and, and what it was called necessarily, like million dollar chicken or something. And it's just chicken of any sort. Last night I used little tenders and it is a cup of mayonnaise and a cup of Parmesan cheese, grated Parmesan. And you just mix it up and plop it over the chicken, whatever you're using. You know, I used tenders last night and you just spread it over and depending on the size of how, or how much chicken you have to obviously proportion that out. Mm -hmm. So you it and it, you bake it. I don't know, like regular chicken breast would 350 for however many minutes, 20 minutes, 22 minutes. It, I don't know what it does. It doesn't flavor the chicken a ton of flavor, but it's so moist that it, it's like a hit every time I make it. One of the, Did, do you know, taste the Parmesan flavor at all? A little bit, a little bit. Um, I must admit, I, I don't, you know, I limit my meat intake. Um, so I don't always taste it, but the two other, um, uh, carnivore um, animals that live in my house are always commenting about how delicious it is. So that, and that's super easy. And what do you serve so that I can, with? I can do that. Oh, anything, whatever it is. Usually it's on with, with salad or I use, you know, rice, cauliflower rice. That's another great favorite of mine. And, you know, so they'll eat anything or potatoes, right? Gotcha. Whatever is usually easy. And then kind of out of a bag or something super easy to do because yeah, I'm not, super creative with my mandolin cutting um, potatoes for oh God, uh, no. potatoes mm -hmm. or making something really so yeah that's not me well I got the dessert here covered I could probably go on and on about simple things so I did a little bit of um, easy but d like always a hit always a hit and it I didn't bring it out until so a little bit of background about how I'm always the dessert maker I love to do it but I, I, I typically don't always eat it, nor do I keep it in my house. So I was bringing stuff to my work office all the time. And if there's anything that thought that was great for your ego, it was bringing homemade desserts to an office of younger people who probably weren't cooking themselves or baking themselves. And anything homemade baked, it seems like, is like a revelation yeah. to people. Like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's so, it's so great for the ego. Like you're a genius. You're so talented. And you know, I would just be like, oh, that's not. <laughs> and all I think about right. is the flower on your countertop and <laughs> well, how annoying that would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's so not, but I started to, I, and, and then I started this thing, which was so great for me, but everyone of course loved it. I would bring in a, when it was someone's birthday, I would bring something in, some treat in. Right. Then it got to the point after or a couple of years of doing this 
in my office of 35 people, it was small. People would start making requests. Oh, you remember those I made? Could you bring those in? So it was very cute. And I was happy to do it because everybody was so, you know, so over the top complimentary and really just appreciative of it that I was happy to do it. So I had a lot of experience, but there were some times where I just want to bring something in, but I didn't want to spend a lot of time. Like I wasn't trying to perfect some fondant cake recipe, right? It was just like simple. Old school, back to the days that my mother used to make. I think they're named different things now. I call them seven layer bars. They might have, they might be called million dollar bars. I have no idea, but it is literally, I think seven ingredients and I should count it, but you take um, graham cracker crumbs. And of course, if anyone's interested in this, I'll give the recipe of exactly what you use because I don't want to get into the minutia of the details of a cup and a half of this because you will never remember it. Graham cracker crumbs and, and melted butter and you mix it up in the pan that you're cooking it in, just like a nine by 12. And that is the bottom. So once the butter melts and you mix up the graham crackers, it's like you just have to press it around. It's the crust. And then when that's kind of cooked for 10 minutes or so, then you put on chocolate chips, butterscotch chips, some um, cut up pecans, some coconut, and that's all layered. And you just take a, a can of sweetened condensed milk and plop it on top. Oh, that's how you, you do that? It's I like, always thought they look so complicated. That's how I thought you had no, to do each layer. I was like, oh God, girl. who has time for that? No, no, that's all you do. And I can't, and people went nuts for it. And I'm like, then that's something that I would be like, oh, these are pretty mm -hmm. good, you know? So you forget about those. But that was my mother used to make that I found in a recipe book she gave me when I got married with all her little recipes. Classic, very easy. Then there's another thing that every, two things um, that everybody requested. One were these gooey, they used to call them gooey butter, butter bars. And I actually think they're just called gooey bars today. Um, but I made them once. And another girl asked for the recipe because she wanted to make them for an event and she botched them. And I just felt so terrible because <laughs> there's nothing to it. <laughs> and I felt terrible that I had to explain like, okay, really? But it's, it's a cake mix. So you use a yellow cake mix, which, you know, is super simple and a stick of butter and an egg. And you mix this up and you put it in a nine by 12 pan. You have to press it down. So it's, it's considered like the crust of it. And so you get that done and then you just take um, a stick of, or a uh, eight ounce or six, whatever, 16 ounce of one thing of cream cheese. I think it's eight ounces cream cheese and some powdered sugar and two more eggs and some vanilla and mix that up in a, in a pan. And it gets a little lumpy and it's a little funky kind of looking, but then you just pour it on top of this base and you bake it. And they, it, it, it kind of rises when it's baking and then you take it out and it kind of plops down and it looks kind of, but when you, it, it looks kind of flattened and a little bit cracky, but once you cut it up into the bars, again, it's gooey butter bars. It's like essentially <laughs> butter and sugar. And people are like, again, make that again, make that again. I'm like, okay, sure. Not, not a piece of cake. I could do that. Right. That's super easy. But one of my um, all-time faves is uh, this brownie mix, this Oreo brownie. And um, it's, you can make them from homemade, which I've done before. And then some other times I use just a brownie mix that you buy at the store, but you take um, Oreo cookies and just grind them up and add them into your, 
your brownie batter mix. I don't know. I used a cup, a cup and a half. I kind of got to the point where I was, I'm winging it. I just would kind of estimate mixing them. Okay, that's good. Bake the brownies. And then I would put the frosting on top and it was cream cheese frosting. So people go nuts again for cream cheese frosting. It's cream cheese frosting, powdered sugar, a little bit of butter. And then when it was mixed, I well, you know, you can buy cream cheese Oreos. frosting in a can for those of you who are like me. I'm telling you. Okay. Well, here you go. That's why nobody bakes anything. And that's why when someone actually does it like me, people go nuts and you're a rock star. Who doesn't want to be a rock star at our age, right? So um, it, again, I would make this and I would bring it in multiple times. People requested it. And I'll never forget the cutest, um, one of the guys I worked with, I made it um, like the second or third time he had requested. And I said, hey, how did, did you like it? How were they today? You know, his name was Maddie. And he said, you know, Melissa, they're excellent. They're not <laughs> your best. Maybe, maybe you need to bring in some more and let's see how they are. And I love that story. It warms my heart because it was such a, such an off thing for someone to like, such a guy like him to say to me, but he was really teasing me. Like, they're not your best. You need to make more of those and bring them in. So super easy. A little tricky because, you know, the brownies, putting frosting on the brownies is a little tricky for anyone that's never done well, I think that. usually when I had to the frost them, I would off. put them in the refrigerator first so that it was easier afterwards to frost them. Or just do it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's a good tip. And those are three that are like... Well, you want to know what my standby, standby would be? If I have to... You get um, something yes. like vanilla or vanilla... Uh, Swiss almond hagen us and you put a scoop of that in a little bowl and you buy the pepper charm pirouette little tubey looking cookies stick you stick that in and then you <laughs> put some fresh berries on top and it looks pretty <laughs> and it all tastes good <laughs> and you know that's whatever good. that's a great yeah. like, that's a great dinner party thing right because but you can't transport that and usually mm -hmm. if I get invited to a dinner or I get something yeah. with my family like it's a given right bring it and people, people now that know that I bake, it's like, hey, Melissa, you bring the dessert. Okay, are you sure I can bring an appetizer? No, you bring the right. dessert. Oh, well, okay. I'm just thinking cooking at Which home. Is, like if you're having people so, for dinner and you're like me and you're like, shit, I don't do dessert. I would either go buy something or I would do something like that where I'm like, okay, this looks cute. This looks nice. Yeah. Well, I can help you now with your seven layer bars. Well, for Yeah, I'm having people for dinner tomorrow night. And I'm not making seven layer bars, but. Thank you for the offer. I'm not giving them dessert. I have a full dinner planned. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> People want that, Susan. That's like, an, that's why I'm the rock star. People just don't have it. So that's, that's my uh, simple, simple dessert ideas, which I'm sure I could get, come up with more, but okay. those are the best Well, I think those I were pretty good. I mean, I, it was like, oh, I could, in my head, I'm thinking I can do that. Like I can do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes, I tried to make it so anybody could do it. And really anyone can. It is, it is surprising. Um, there is a, there's a different um, method to baking, right? You have to follow the recipe because there's the mixtures and how everything kind of chemistry-wise has to work together to make it a complete, especially with cakes or, you know, specialty breads, whatever. I do those too. But that maybe that's why I like it. Whereas cooking... You kind of yeah, yeah. Then you can, I oh, make I tons of soups, of and now I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, now that I know that yeah. the base of them usually starts with like garlic yeah. and onion, and then you add, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, I'll throw this yeah. in. Oh, I'll try that. Like, yeah. But that's something yeah. that over time, yeah. as I made them and learned to do it, that I realized you can do. But 
you know, the, yeah. this is not about that. This is about like, what can anyone do? Anyone can go to Trader Joe's, email me, say, what do I buy? And what do I put together so that um, it looks like I've made an effort when I really don't feel like it. Right. And right. in closing, so, I, I, don't, I, I was thinking, I don't yeah. have a parent fail story that came to my mind this week. So I got nothing on that end. You got anything? Seriously. Why would we even talk about that? I'm sure there's many other things of that I fail at in life that we could talk All about. Right. But well, yeah, okay. So not. I would just say yeah. then in closing, uh, if anyone has anything you want us to talk about, because this was as requested by my dear friend, Lori, um, just email us and we will uh, talk about it. Right. You had me at martin.gmail.com right. as well as if you're interested. Yeah. In if you guests, want to talk to us, let us know. Really All right. Adios.